It seems hard to believe, but we are coming to the end of the church's liturgical year. Next weekend is the Feast of Christ the King, and then after that, it's a new year, and it's off to Advent. And each year, as we approach the calendar winding down, our Sunday scriptures start to move us towards the consideration of the last things, the end of the world, final judgment, and the establishment of God's reign. It might be easy to read these passages with a certain amount of trepidation and fear. The day of the Lord will bring God's wrath to those who do evil, after all. And although we'd like to believe that we are among God's friends and won't have to face a harsh judgment, there's always that lingering voice fearfully saying, yeah, but remember that time when you, or maybe I'm kind of a good person, but maybe not good enough. When we get to that final judgment, how do we know what a passing grade will be? Our first reading today from the prophet Malachi, all one and a half verses of it, when it talks about God's wrath blazing like an oven and leaving neither root nor branch, is talking about the demise of the proud and the evildoers. And so it's an assurance of God's justice. And that's not something that most of us need to fear. In the gospel, Jesus is trying to teach in the temple area, and he's apparently finding it hard to capture people's attention. One of my wise preaching professors many years ago used to say, make sure that what's happening behind you isn't more interesting than what you have to say. <laughs> That's still good advice. And what's happening behind Jesus is that people are entranced by the beautiful stones and gems that adorn the temple. This was the second temple, and people had put a lot of effort, not to mention a lot of money, into making its beauty rival that of the Temple of Solomon, which it replaced. What holds our attention is not unimportant. Where you focus controls what you see. So in a sense, Jesus has to talk them down. Sure, the temple is beautiful, but eventually, sooner rather than later, it will be destroyed. Note that this prophecy is one of the charges made against Jesus when he's finally brought before Pilate. It's all coming down. And it did in the year 70 AD when the Romans sacked Jerusalem. That was the end of that temple and it has not been rebuilt. But once Jesus has their attention, he talks about coming wars and insurrections, earthquakes and famines and plagues and terrible sights coming from the sky. And this is perhaps the safest prophetic prediction in the entire Bible because it predicts something that is absolutely certain. Because the truth is, we have always lived with wars and natural disasters and disease, and we always will. It's the natural state of humanity. It's the constant state of the world. So it's not a big stretch as prophecy goes. So are these terrible things something that we should live in fear of? I don't think so but we should be ready to respond with compassion, with assistance, and with prayer. We believe, we know, that come the kingdom of God, 
this parousia that we await with joyful hope, that all these terrible things will cease, and all of our incompleteness and struggle will be remedied, and all fear and hatred will be gone. But that assurance of God's future victory doesn't relieve us of the responsibility that we have to work for justice and the relief of suffering that are all too real today. Finally, Jesus tells us that our work for those things won't make us popular. In fact, it may lead to persecution. And what he's talking about here is real persecution, seizure, arrest, torture. I have to admit I don't have a lot of patience for those who might claim that Christians in this country are persecuted by someone saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas or complaining about the color of the Starbucks holiday cups. And the fact is there are people today in the world living with precisely the kind of persecution that Jesus is talking about here. And that's not us for the most part. But even actual persecution should not make us afraid because God's victory over evil is assured. And Jesus tells us that he'll be with us even in the midst of persecution and struggle. He'll give us the words to say, and our perseverance will lead us to his reign where our vindication awaits. We have choices to make about how we will live in the world as people of faith. The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and it hasn't been rebuilt. Wars and conflict and famine and earthquakes and plagues have been with us constantly. And we might be persecuted or rejected because of our faith in Jesus Christ. But none of that is a reason to live in fear, and it's not a reason to withdraw from the world. But all of those things are reasons that we have work to do as people of faith, serving the poor, feeding the hungry, advocating for justice, and loving wholeheartedly with our eyes fixed on Christ and on his kingdom.